Lent is a season of preparation. And today we're talking about the woman at the well, more specifically, the community she came from, as we consider what it means to prepare for Christ. Buckle up, y'all, and let's get started. I'm Alexa Mason. Welcome to the Grace and Cherish podcast. Welcome to the Grace and Cherish podcast, where we explore the role of hospitality in our homes and our lives. This is a podcast about hospitality, and it's about formation. We are all being formed into someone. The question is, who? My dear friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be here, and there is a lot that we have to cover, so I'm actually not going to share any updates to try to keep this to being a little shorter of a podcast episode. And I want to go straight into what we're talking about today, which is a favorite passage of mine. It's from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. I have wanted to do a longer episode on this passage specifically, which again is about the woman at the well and her interaction with Jesus. I wanted to do a series called Hospitality in the Word, and I probably still will. And because of that, I'm not going to go into all of the story of the woman at the well and Jesus and that interaction. I'm going to actually focus in at the what happens at the end of their initial connection. So As I go through this, just keep that in mind. We're not talking about the entire passage. I'm going to really zero in on one part at the end that to me relates to this idea of preparation as we go through the season of Lent. So to set the scene, Jesus has just interacted with a woman at the well who we never learn her actual, her real name. But what we do know is that she is a Samaritan woman. And there are several cultural no-nos that happened in this. One, Jesus is Jewish and she is Samaritan. And so Jewish people and Samaritan people did not roll with each other. And there's a lot of significance and depth to that, that right now, because we're doing a shorter episode, I can't do justice to really diving into that. But I also don't think you need to have too much of an imagination these days to think about what it means for two people groups or let's make it personal if you're in this here United States of America, think about two political groups that don't get along. Now, again, I don't want to cheapen the cultural significance and the realities of the Jewish um, people and Samaritan people divide, but I do want to just give you an idea. Think about two groups of people that generally, that do not connect to one another. And that will help you to see why this woman being a Samaritan and Jesus being Jewish, there's a significance there. And the fact that he is Jesus initiating relationship and conversation with her is very important. So keep that in mind. The other cultural no-no that was happening at the time is that Jesus is male. He's a man. And the woman is female, obviously. So you have male and female, again, talking to each other, relating to each other. And in that culture, that again, wouldn't have been a normal thing to have seen conversation happening in that way at that time. So we won't go into all of that. But I just want to point off that the story has started with some controversy. But Jesus, 
biggest thing, which blows my mind, is very exciting. As Jesus is interacting with this woman, he's having conversation with her. And I encourage you, go read the whole passage. It's beautiful. But Jesus reveals who he is as Savior to her. And it's right after this happens that his disciples, which are people who follow and learn from someone. So the disciples of Jesus were people who were saying, I submit to you and your authority and your teaching. And I'm going to, they journeyed with him and learned from him. And anyway, so those people, a close knit group of friends to Jesus, they had gone away into town. They come back to where Jesus is. And the woman is there. And so they're wondering, what is going on? He's talking to this woman and she's a Samaritan. What's happening? And so the woman leaves. She goes back to her town and tells everybody what just happened. This man that she just met, what he told her. And so that's happening. Now, Jesus and his disciples are together and his disciples offer Jesus food. And Jesus responds, My food is to do the will of God who sent me and to finish his work. Now, given that they're on a journey, obviously, you know, they're humans. They get hungry. They need to eat. And the disciples are offering Jesus this sustenance that he needs to continue going. They know the work that is before him. Maybe not how profound it really is, but they know that they need to keep being able to go and they need energy in order to do that. So they get food, naturally. So his response isn't exactly what they're expecting. And of course, they're kind of scratching their heads like, okay. And Jesus goes on to talk about the harvest. And he says in John chapter four, verse 35, he says, don't you say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you have benefited from their labor. Open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ready for harvest. The passage continues, but we've got a new scene now. So keep your, you have this scene right there. Jesus talking to his disciples, telling them this about the harvest. Open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ready for harvest. Now switch over. You're in town with the Samaritans. This woman is sharing her story with the people of the town. And so the Samaritans, they come to Jesus and they say, stay with us. So Jesus stays with them. And it says in the word that many more people believed. And get this, they look at the woman, the Samaritan woman who told them what happened to Jesus and and was the reason why they went to him. They look at her and they say, We no longer believe because you told us, since we have seen for ourselves. And they too claim that Jesus is the Savior of the world. There is much to unpack here. And I didn't even read the full story like I told you, but I want to focus on what Jesus said about the harvest being ready followed by the most unexpected people, because again, Jewish people, Samaritans, they didn't play together. Yet the Samaritans placed their faith and belief in Jesus. 
When I read this passage, I think about what it means to prepare myself for Christ. It's easy to think of that in isolation of only me, Alexa. And while, yes, I and you, you need to prepare yourself first. We need to know Christ and we need to know the love of Christ and the relationship with Christ personally. There is a personal aspect to that. And we also need to consider what it means to prepare to share the truth of the gospel with those around me, to live the truth and to live out the gospel and what we read Jesus saying, who he was, what he was about about what all of scripture tells us, we need to live that out personally and communally. And we need to look at what that what that means personally and in community within the church, the global church body. What does that look like to go and also share the truth of the gospel with those around us? Again, personally, I want to consider that and communally, I want to consider that. I want to have us all think, what does it look like to open our eyes, to look at the fields, and to see that the harvest is ready? In my context, which is specifically in the West, in the United States of America, there is a lot of division, a lot of strife. You know, it's certainly in all parts of the world. But again, I got to stay in my lane because I know specifically what it's like as a Black woman living in the United States of America in 2022. Unfortunately, in the U.S., I've noticed that much of our ideological division is actually a distraction that keeps our eyes dimmed. It hinders us from seeing the harvest. This is not of the Holy Spirit. This is not of the way of God. Open your eyes. Look at the fields. Where is God moving? What harvest can be reaped? Let us not waste our time sizing up those we go to, but let us run into the fields excitedly, reaping, because we know that it is not by your or my or any of our power, but it is the hand of the Lord who bears fruit. This is true right here in your local context, and it's very much so true. If you are one, I have friends who are also sent into other parts of the world where it is also true that there is a harvest. The Lord is at work. He always has been. There is a harvest. There are hearts that are willing, that are open, that are wondering about Jesus. There are people, I believe that there are people around all of us where there is an opening, an opportunity to share the word of the Lord. It is not our job to make people come to know Jesus because it's not by our power that that happens. Ultimately, that is through the Holy Spirit. But what we can do is pray for eyes. Jesus himself said to look, to open your eyes, look at the fields. And so that is what I want to encourage us for as we prepare, as we prepare to celebrate the death of Christ, which resulted in life for all of humanity, life in relationship with God. And then Jesus is rising again. What victory over death and the goodness and glory of God that we, it's just beautiful and we can't even, it's not all realized yet. It is not completely here yet, but yet it is something that we live into and we hold fast to and we hope in. And there are people who do not yet know. And so as I think about preparing for Christ, I also, I just think of this passage because he met this person 
this woman. And if you read the whole passage, it's a beautiful story of him naming things about her that she's like, how do you know this? You know, and 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 he speaks to her and he, oh, it's so beautiful. Like you have to, I'll do an episode on it too, but you do just need to read the passage in the way that he speaks to and sees this woman beyond the labels that people had put on her, but but sees deeper and answers her questions and he reveals that I am the one that you're looking for. She refers to a Messiah, uh, someone who will come and explain all things to them. And he says, I am he. And then she goes and she tells her community. She tells them what happened. And then they go to Jesus themselves. And I love this part of the story because they go and they say, oh, it's not because of what you said anymore. It's because we heard ourselves. And to me, that is the kind of person you want to listen to. That's the kind of person that I want to be, the kind of harvester I want to go and I want to tell people. And then I want people to go find out for themselves. I want them to go to Jesus. And so that they can look at me and say, I don't believe anymore because you told me, Alexa, I believe because I've gone before Jesus myself. He has shown me. That is my prayer for you, for me. May we be people who go before the Lord ourselves. We don't have to depend on the testimony of all the other people, though that is good. I love it. And we should share our testimonies to the glory of the Lord. And we should know that even if we were to be silent and alone for the rest of our lives from this day forward, there is still the word of God that proclaims the truth of Jesus, our Christ, the Savior of the world. The gospel is true. His word screams it. Creation screams it. And I just want us to consider in this season, as we prepare to remember and observe the death of Christ and to celebrate and rejoice at the resurrection, look around and consider, are there people in your life whose hearts may be ready, softened, and open to hearing the gospel? Is doing the will of God something you hunger for? That's what Jesus said. He said his food is to do the will of God and to finish his work. Is that your food? Is that what brings you satisfaction? I will end us now in a time of prayer. And again, I encourage you, go read John 4. And I will, I will commit right now. I'm also going to do a series on it. We'll go into that whole passage because there is so much goodness in it. But let's end our time praying and pray that, Lord, may you open our eyes. May we look out at the fields, whether that's out our window into our neighborhood or out our window onto a city, into our schools, our workplaces. Lord, wherever it may be that you have placed us, may we see those places as fields. And may we ask you, Lord, where is the harvest? Show me. Give me words to speak, to share your truth. If there are people ready and willing, Lord, let me share that with them. Let me share this with them. To the glory of your name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening in to this episode of the Grace and Cherish podcast. I am so thankful to be doing this series with you. You are a gift. Don't forget it. Now may you go in peace knowing that the harvest is ready. Jesus says to open your eyes. So may we be people who see the harvest and people who hunger to do God's will. Amen. May you know God's grace and cherish every moment with him. See you next time.